0: hi guys welcome back to ps we have no plan this episode is going to be a little bit sensitive so just a little trigger warning we're talking about loss and grief and um it's going to be a little more vulnerable than we have been in the past couple episodes so stay tuned playlist of the fruit selection i'm a fruit
1: selector believe in me because of the fruits delectable i'm suggestible i can't decide but who should be the Yummy. so what should i do to choose who's the first fruit to chew and say, hi peaches hi doll what are uh, you you
0: know what i'm doing i'm doing better this week than i was last week which is a good thing and i feel i feel like i'm settling in a bit more good um, good
1: so. that's important
0: Yes, but how are you? Give everyone a quick update. I know you've been going through it.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a hard week to be honest. My um my dog Annie passed away and it's sweet just Annie. yeah, sweet Annie. And you know, I was thinking about this this morning before we talked and just I want to be sure that I'm able to like a lot of times when sadness comes around or loss, I can kind of blanket over it to soften it and just be like, I'm okay, don't worry, things are fine. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to do that. And especially with this podcast and what we're doing, I feel like this is the perfect spot to just kind of be exactly in the space that we're in in whatever moment that is in life. And right now it's just sad. I second what you said though, I'm doing better this week than last week. It happened last Friday. So been a week now, but she is just best girl in the whole wide world. You know, I think there's so many things that you get attached to with your animals. And I can always speak for myself and I'm a huge animal lover and advocate and all of the above but you know our animals are our family they're not just our pets and I I honestly hate even saying the word pet because I feel like it is not anything even close to what they are like they are they're our family and Annie had been in our family for 13 years she'll always be in our family but we got her when I was 19 and um you know, sitting with it all is just, it's just hard. She was the last piece of kind of my family when we were still, when my parents were still together. And so mm. I was talking to my mom about this and I feel like that's kind of like an extra sadness. Like you still had that one part of the, the uh, nuclear family. And now that she's gone, it's just, even though, you know, my parents have been divorced for 10 years it's still is a loss again
0: yeah no that makes total total sense and i do feel like loss is this the reason why you know i feel like i'm so grateful that you're sharing your experience with it because i think it is such a universal thing that everyone experiences and it is so relative to whatever you're going through but at the same time it is so uniquely yours every time you go through it right and it's just like No one can compare, even though they feel, you know, they've felt that feeling and I felt lost in different capacities over, you know, smaller things, but just can resonate with your feelings. And I don't know, but I I feel like it is this interesting thing, right. Where it's like everyone goes through it, but every time you go through it, it feels unique to you.
1: Oh, so well said. So well said. And, and, and also spot on. And I think being in on both sides, you just when you are comforting somebody that's just experienced loss of any kind, you know, it can be anything. And I know we've talked about this from, from anything from a death to mourning a place that you used to live or missing a friendship, or, I mean, it can, it's like, a, it's a whole encompassing feeling with different yes. a, like avenues, I guess, of yes. depth. But, um, when you're the one comforting somebody, you always hope that your words, like actually do sink in and, and help help that individual, and then when you're on the flip side, you kind of are like, oh well, yes, thank you, that actually does help. Yeah. And just hearing just just a small, I'm so sorry, and I'm here for you, and not just, I, I don't know, I, I every little thing matters when you're mm-hmm. just feeling it so deeply.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. I totally understand that. I also I heard something on TikTok when I was scrolling last night and I thought of you in this conversation we're going to have today, but it was with Ethan Hawke and he was giving an interview and, um, he was saying something about like art and creativity and he's like, everyone overlooks it and thinks it's just this additive part of life until you experience true, real emotion, whether it's loss or heartbreak or something incredible, like the best new thing that's happened to you, or you fall in love, um, And the first thing we do is turn to art to comfort us, whether it's music or poetry or talking or reading, like so interesting that you just kind of discount these things in life until you really need them until like big moments happen.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about that with you. I love that. And I, I feel honored that you, I even came in the same vein of space of thought (laughs) when that came about, because it is, that's so beautiful. And I think so many times in life, um, art is kind of the background music as we're, as we're living and it's there, it's our wallpaper or it's the soundtrack and it's, it's there, it's there without us ever having to think about it. Mm -hmm. And then once we do have to think about it, you realize, whoa, that takes up a huge space of my life and helps me navigate through the good, the bad, the uncertain and everything in between. Yeah.
0: Right. And words like really matter. And even though you kind of just look past mm-hmm. them and like, he was specifically talking about poetry. Cause I think he's a writer or I know he's an actor, but it is true. It's like you were saying with just people reaching out and sharing some words with you when you're going yeah. through loss, like means so much more than like, you just discount those things. I think until big moments happen.
1: Absolutely. You totally do. And you know, Speaking of words, I was thinking yesterday we were supposed to record this and I just asked if we could kind of postpone because my mind is, my words naturally take some time to come Mm -hmm. from brain to Mm -hmm. lip to spoken and, you know, in moments like this, it's hard to, to feel confident that what I'm going to say will be exactly how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. or something that could be helpful for anybody else. And to be honest, like Annie is just so, so um, important in my life and beyond important like that. And that's another thing important. I wish I had a better word to describe that, but you know, it's, I want to do her well by talking about her and just, just the good, good dog that she absolutely was and what she gave our family and the love and comfort and, you know, animals are like that stability, whether they're a really well-behaved animal or a devil dog like (laughs) Freddie that I have, (laughs) there's still that stability in your life Mm -hmm. when everything else is most likely not stable, whether Mm -hmm. it's good or bad, like life's always going to be changing, but our animals are there no matter what. And they love us so much. And I I remember when we first got Freddie, Jeff's like, Well, I thought I thought you loved me, but then I see how you love Freddie. It's like whole, totally different. I was like, he's oh. always happy to see me. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: true, right? It's just this undivided attention and love from these little creatures that yeah. just rely on you. It's like, of course I love them. Of course. Yeah. Them.
1: It's so sweet. It's so sweet but it's true. Like they just love you so much and you are everything to them. And and for me, as I said, I can only speak for myself and I've just grown up as the biggest animal lover in the whole wide world. And I credit my parents to that because they are the same. And I will do, oh yeah. Oh yeah. My mom, it took her a while. Like I think it took her took her having kids that just loved animals to like love them as well. But my dad is the biggest animal guy in the whole wide world. Like he got us our, just took us to the pound to get our first dog and um, would always bring home a cat. If we had an animal, like we would go get it with our dad. And it was just, we had a menagerie of everything from parrots to guinea pigs. Oh my gosh. Yes. And and it was just so fun. Right so fun and it was it's it's a good um, for me I always hope that my kids will grow up with multiple animals as well because I do feel like there's so many good lessons in it not just of love and unconditional love but responsibility the circle of life like the unfortunate sides of that and just you know life I agree in general
0: it's so important. That's such a good point. Like the circle of life thing, I think is, is a huge point And obviously pertains to what we're talking about today, but it's, it's like, it teaches kids and adults to like love and care for a thing and grow it and train it and teach it things. And te- I, I don't know, just have this experience where you're nurturing something and then yes. you watch it pass. And you have to deal with your emotions with that and you have to learn how to grow from that and how to apply that to other things in your life and bring perspective in ways that you didn't have before and i feel like it's super important right like i think it's oh, yeah. a beautiful thing to own a pet and like you said i hate the word pet too cuz it just feels wrong but it's it's like to have a creature in your house that you take care of is yeah. so important
1: <laughs> oh so important like they i am um, I say this jokingly, but there's absolute seriousness behind it as well. (laughs) Oh, God. I say puppies over people when I'm talking to Jeff or anybody, I'm like, Hey, puppies over people. Like if they need it, they're getting it. Like, I don't care if it imposes on what we need or, I mean, this is just trivial, but I went to Publix the other day and I came out with three shopping bags and all of it was, well, not all of it, but it was mostly all for the dogs. It was $75. I'm like, Oh, good thing. I got myself rice cakes. (laughs)
0: Oh my God, here here at PS, we have no plan. We say progress over perfection and puppies over people. Those are our two mantras so far. <laughs> Obsessed. I love that.
1: Coming to a bumper sticker near you soon. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Okay, so what have you been doing to heal, to yeah. recover, to deal with your emotions? Like, How have you been handling it or not handling it?
1: I'd say both. I, the first two days were just you know, on the couch crying and just Jeff was gone. So that made it a little bit harder And having to go through that process alone. I had never done it, um, before. And so going through that was really difficult, but at the same time, it was, I was just, um, happy to be able to be there sister to sister with Annie. But, um, now I've just been kind of laying low, doing work, staying around the house. I, this probably sounds so silly, but every time I take Freddie out, I just hope that there's no neighbor around. Cause I just don't want to talk. You know, yeah. it's, I'm this sounds so stupid since we have a podcast and podcast is talking, but I'm not a talker. It's no, I get that. I completely get that. Cause this feels very like
0: safe and you're at your home and it's virtual yeah. and it's only an hour and we get to talk about topics we want to talk about. And we get to like be creative. It's very different than small talk with random people around your office, neighborhood. I totally understand that. Right?
1: Yes. And you just have to like go through it all yep. again yep. And, yep. and pretend like, yeah, I'm good. Yep. I'm fine. or, But it, are you, you know, it's just... It, it's just no fun and it's uncomfortable and it's awkward. And so I have been like scouting out the front door, making sure nobody's there, like before I take Freddie out. And I mean that. And like, obviously if he's about to poop his pants, I'm going outside (laughs) and there's people there, that's fine. But I just don't want to, I just don't want to do the small talk.
0: Yeah. Nope. I get that. I get that. What about for like, how have you been have you been sleeping much? Has that been challenging at all? Like, what have you been doing to rest and relax? I feel like that's really hard when you're going through something like this.
1: It is, isn't it? And it's, it's so it's one of those things where all you want to do is kind of just veg and sit there and you feel Mm -hmm. like you don't have the energy to do anything. But then when it comes time to actually sleeping and recovering, Mm -hmm. you can't do that. And it's, And I think that you and I are very similar on this. And I bet a lot of people can relate. Your brain just can't shut off when you finally give it the um, say, okay, yes, you can shut off now. We can, we can go to sleep, give it the authority to or uh, ability to it just all of a sudden starts going 60 miles an hour and replays everything in your mind. And you just go back and it's painful and it's brutal. I think, you know, for me in, you know, sensitive topic, maybe for others, but smoking a little weed before I go to bed is really what has been helping me. And I mm-hmm. say smoking a little weed. I take a quick puff of a pen <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's just the, I, I'm not going to take NyQuil every night. I don't want to take Benadryl. I wake up in a fog. I am not a stoner. If I was, I would, I wouldn't care. I think My best friends are, but I have found that that has been very helpful for me because it's just a complete relaxation and just lets me fall asleep. I love that. Yeah. So I feel like that does snaps for a little
0: snaps her Mary Jane
1: (laughs) snaps for. (laughs) It's
0: like I I do. I, I do agree with you though. Like whatever way, and I love that you shared that because I feel like whatever way you cope with these types of difficult things is okay, is normal, is something that you should do to t- like, especially in moderation, like you said, it's not like you're sitting there and like popping NyQuil's and like smoking a whole bowl, whatever, even if you were, but it's, it's like, it, it's, I don't know. I, I find that not judging myself when I'm going through these really tough times is hard, but super essential, right?
1: Yes. And those two come as a pair and they are, yeah. but it's so hard. I was telling my girlfriend the other day, I feel guilty, like going back to life, you know, and starting yeah. to feel better. I, I do. Yeah. I feel so guilty about that because I, you know, there's parts of me that wish that I could have done or feel like I could have done more for Annie and without going into all the details, like I I couldn't, like her mm-hmm. body gave up, you know, mm-hmm. and or not gave up, but it was her time. But I can't have this giant sense of of guilt of just like being yeah. okay. Well, now you know back to life, and and that's my internal battle that mm-hmm. I I have to deal with because I know that's not what others others are thinking. And also, if others are thinking that, like fuck them, like they don't. 100%. It, that doesn't right. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter. You we only know how we're feeling, and our core group knows our heart and what, whatever the whole should be all for that. Um, but I have just, I put, I put personal guilt on myself in, in, in situations like that. And I think that has to be, that has to be something that a lot of us deal with, but we don't know how how to process it because it's, it's, it's you against you. Yep. Yeah. And no matter what somebody says to you, you can be like, I know you're right. You're right. Because you know, they are right. But that doesn't stop that internal battle. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. It is it's, hard.
0: And it is hard that there's not like a, a one stop shop fix all moment that will help everyone. I think that's right. contributes to the internal probably, but
1: I think so. And I, you know, I said this one time to my therapist, the last thing you want to do is the first thing that will help you. And I think that that could apply to so many um, experiences and and avenues of life. And to be honest, like this right now, just talking on our pod, I feel like it was the last thing I really want to do because once again, it's just talking. And for me, like talking can be exhausting and it Mm -hmm. just is, it's, it's a lot, but it's absolutely the best thing that I can do for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's just totally like talking to talent. you and like friend to friend and being able to, you know, put it all out there and, and be real. And, you know, I, I feel like one of the core reasons we started PS was to talk about stuff that's not always brought to the surface or to the to the forefront of conversation. And um, we always hope to be mostly happy and bring joy to people's days throughout this. But like life, that's not always the case. And you can't ignore those things or sweep them away. Like it has to be, it has to be talked about and brought up. And, um, it should also be recognized because even if it is a sad moment in life, there are things to, um, celebrate around it.
0: mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I was so well said.
1: That was so well said.
0: I also, I, and I, I do, that is exactly what this brand is and what this podcast is. And we're just trying to help people by being vulnerable. And that's really hard. And I think it's much easier to be vulnerable when you're talking about happy things. I think it's much harder to be vulnerable when you're going through it, but yeah, that's the goal with this. And I also think, um, i Thought of this when you were sharing that. I have this little series that I try to do on my Instagram where I post at the end of the week things I loved in the week just to start to kind of share little moments of gratitude that I have. And there was one week I remember where I was just not feeling it. I was so run down, so exhausted. You described your mind to be chaotic. And that's exactly how I constantly feel. Like I'm constantly telling Luke, like, oh, sometimes I just hate my mind. Like it's so chaotic and everything else in my life. I try to organize and it's just not, it can't be organized and it's tough to live in my mind sometimes. And instead of trying to share those five things that I was grateful for, I was like, I'm going to share one thing I was grateful for, which is that I'm healthy and I got to travel, but I'm going to share four things that I'm, you know, that were tough for me this week (laughs) because sometimes it's like, that's more honest and real and genuine and good and bad things happen at once. And I think it's it can fall into the toxic positivity bucket when you're just like, let's go like positive exactly. this and happy that. It's like that's not healthy either, right? It's so, not.
1: It's not because it's just covering up everything and it's it's not reality. Mm-mm. It's not reality. And I can find I um I think a lot of people in my life would describe me as like trying to keep that fairy tale like positivity me mindset. too. Yes, yes right. But you also know that that's not every, that that's not a hundred percent of the time and it can't be. And we're, we acknowledge it, yeah, totally acknowledge it. And you're right. It's like, you cannot be 100% sunshine all the time. And it's so cliche, but how they say, you know, you need the rain for the flowers to grow and you do.
0: Right. And I think you're, I mean, well, I should just frame it as a question. Are you more of like a touchy feely emotional person? Like, do you feel things really heavily? Yes. Yes. I, I was I was going to say, I think you do. Cause I do as well.
1: Yes. We, I, I think, think we it's... both have that. Yes. We yes. We're, I, we're, we have a strong shell of exterior that we're able to handle and deal with a lot. And I also think um, just let things bounce for sure. That aren't like absolutely terrible or or crippling, but the real sad emotional parts, like that it hits. And I can think of both of us just to the core and it's so hard to shake. How do you mask
0: it? Like, how do you show up and put on the things that you need to put on to go be out in the world when you feel heavy?
1: Man, that's a really good question. I think, I think I'm losing my ability to do that a little bit more since quarantine because I don't mm-hmm. have to go into an office every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because I do remember being in an office and doing that it was really difficult. and truly it was just the, the smile and you know breathe and talk to yourself through your head and those days I would probably be a little more quiet or my door would be shut a little bit more. But now, I think it's just being open open and truthful a little bit more than masking, mm-hmm. you know, I think that you can still put on an okay front by being not, not playing a part, but putting on like a coat of, it's going to be okay while still being honest with your feelings of like, it's going to be okay, but yeah, it's, I'm not, I'm not doing great today.
0: Mm-hmm. I love and that's that.
1: a, yeah. Right. And I think that we just learn that as well, I have learned that just by getting older and perhaps some people that is their natural way of um, being. And I think that that is priceless to be able to know how or to, if you can implement that way of thought and action early on in your life, that's just incredible. But it's taken me some time Mm -hmm. for sure.
0: There's so much there I want to like dig in, but I know, I mean, there's, I, I do think quarantine and being at home more often than we have been in before in life has allowed us to be vulnerable and open and feel our emotions and be sensitive. And as someone, you know, I'm sure you are like, as someone who's super sensitive, I've loved that. I've loved the space to feel But the flip side of it is uh, those structures in place that once existed, right, going to an office, commuting to work, seeing your neighbors, like getting coffee from your local shop, like having those routines of being around people sort of helped. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it helped or hurt, but it really did get me out of the house and get me on my feels. And that was somewhat good. And I don't
1: know. That's interesting. Peyton. Yes. Those were my exact, exact thoughts yesterday. Exactly. A a friend came over and she brought like a little pastry and it was just so, so thoughtful and sweet. And it's, a she's a good friend, like a really good friend, but I couldn't help but feel awkward of what to say or like how to express what I was feeling in the moment. Or it's, it's exactly everything that you just said that those yeah. barriers of real life that maybe were so annoying of having to go to the office or talk to people we don't want to talk to are there for a reason, like mm-hmm. to keep me like in society. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because we're so touchy feeling. We're so
0: emotional and, and deal. Like I, when I'm sad, I go put on a Grey's Anatomy episode where I know someone dies and I want to just cry. Yes. Or I go listen to, yes. you know, James um, Blake or like, Death cab for cutie. And I just want to cry and lay in my bed. Uh, Uh, It's like it's it's morbid, right? And it's also masochistic. But I'm like, sometimes I don't. And Luke's like, why are you watching this stuff? I'm like, because I want to
1: cry. (laughs) You have to feel it. You have to feel it. Yes. Yes, girl. Yes, yes, yes. It's just, and and you know, I think that's probably one of the things that you and I bond over, just that deep deep, deep sense of feel. (laughs) And I could give it five more deeps and it wouldn't be deep enough.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I, I think it is helpful. And that's why I sort of said at the beginning, like, obviously you're going through trauma and sadness right now and loss, and you can attribute it to something that's physical and happened. I think also there are moments where you can't attribute it to anything physical or real. And that can feel like you're going crazy. And that's sort of how I've been feeling lately, where sometimes I'm just like, nothing bad is happening, or uh, I don't have anything to attribute it to, but I just sort of feel sad and I don't know why. And I, I do think that everything you shared earlier about loss and what you've gone through and how you've picked yourself up, um, can, can relate to those moments too. It doesn't just have to be after loss of something physical. It can just be when you're feeling grief for whatever reason.
1: Absolutely. I'm so, and I'm just so glad you said that because it's not one size fits all. It's not, grief is not one thing. It's multiple and there's so many layers and levels of it. And I touched on this very briefly at the beginning, but you are going through loss. You are going through loss of your your home. You switched homes. You're in a different city. You have to make new friends. Your your routine of your the life that you knew is different, yeah. and that's no, that's definitely. hard. And you're doing all of that while still trying to maintain your normal life of work, husband, putting a new house together, keeping Maisie healthy, thriving, all of the above. And that's a lot for you to take on. And, yeah, well, and for I
0: appreciate you saying that,
1: that's, Oh sweet. God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, girl, I'm here for you. <laughs> cause I, well,
0: cause I do think it is, it is hard. And I know like, you were saying when when we were prepping for this call, you're like, you also have things you can contribute to the combo. And mm-hmm. immediately something that I do, I know you were saying you're your own worst critic and it's really hard for you to get out of your head. And I feel that way sometimes where I'm like, well, I do the comparison game where I'm like, well, in comparison to what you're going through, oh my God, I'm do- dealing with nothing. Right. Or it's like, oh, comparison to like the news, like when I'm looking around in the news and there's all these awful things happening around me, I'm like, right. how dare I take space for myself going through this relatively small experience in relation to everyone else. That's the game I play with myself that gets dangerous because then you don't take care of yourself. Then you're like pushing it all down because you're worried. Like it's not valid enough to feel sad when I, right. when you're right, I am going through a lot and that's okay to feel.
1: You are, you are. And I, um, I either read this or heard somebody say once that somebody else's pain does not negate your pain or whatever you're going through, the emotion, it doesn't have to be pain, it could be chaos, it could be happiness, it could be sadness, Wh- whatever that is, there it's not, it's there's nothing to measure there. Everybody mm-hmm. feels differently and everybody reacts differently to different parts of their experiences in life. And if we were to always compare our hardships of the day or, or wh- whatever we're going through compared to say a war in Ukraine or, or a death or anything, then we would never give ourselves space to heal or exactly. yes. And, and you, and you have to, you have to, because those little things then compound to something big. And that's when you realize, I have not taken care of myself at all. And when you can't take care of yourself, then there's not much that you can do for anybody else. And I know for us taking care of others and is huge.
0: Yep, exactly. Exactly. Right. So I, if you are listening and you are going through something that might feel small or little, and you don't know why you're feeling sad, like just know it's normal. It's normal. And everyone's feelings are relative,
1: and it's okay to feel that way. Like, and if somebody yeah. tells you, oh, it's not that big of a deal, give them the middle finger uh, yep. <laughs> if you want, Yep. <laughs> but also no, there's nobody, there's nobody that can tell you whether or not what you're feeling is big or small compared to the world or whatever. Like your feelings are very valid no matter what. And you should always feel that way. And if no one else is there to validate them for you, Peyton and I are, and we are, yep. and, and I just hope that that is something that is felt through, you know, you and me hanging out yes. in our conversations. Yes.
0: Well, I, I very much appreciate this episode. I know this wasn't easy. I know you didn't want to jump on and share all of these different things, but I'm glad we got to honor Annie, sweet am Annie. Too. And Thank I'm really you. glad we got to share about something that i'm passionate about and i know you are too and hopefully create a little space for someone who might be going through it right now
1: right exactly and always feel free to reach out to us and know that yes. there's space there's space to feel for everybody and and don't ever block it out because it's it's important to feel to be able to process and to move forward and to find be happy again
0: Yes. And to le- like one other addition is to learn about yourself. Like Emily and I were just saying about how we, as we've gotten older, we've learned what we used to do, what didn't mm-hmm. work, what, what sort of, we didn't want to like, but sort of did help us in the end of right. like going, getting outside, talking, whatever, whatever it yeah. might be. So like, learn about yourself, feel those things and um, take note of them. Cause it's not an easy feeling to go through.
1: No, not at all. And it's, especially if you feel alone. So we are here. And I yes. so appreciate you and your friendship and just every little single thing about you and Aww. Forever.
0: Yes. Love you, girl.
1: Love um, you too. Chop, 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 chop in the top. And don't stop till you're
0: stuck the top To the top of the bowl to make the whole fruit salad. I'm enamored with salad with the fully fruit balance. Yes.